Inside ATP Podcast, episode 11. Today, my guest is former co-worker and current trainer at his now-new-own business, Simplify Strong, Tristan Hello, Jake. It's good to be with you here today. It's good to, good to see you again, man. I know. It's been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. I'm, uh, I'm staring at your beard because I'm, I'm happy you grew that out, man. I think this, it's a good look for you. This is the apocalypse beard. I, I, was, I was trimming it last night, and it... it kind of went down a little too far on one side then I had to even it out on the other side and it kept going down kept, kept going down and I go out and ask my wife so I'm like uh all right babe how how how's this look and she, she just looks at me and says oh dear I'm like, <laughs> oh, well you know so it it's a new style did I, you start growing that because of the quarantine no I, I I just kind of um didn't shave it and then it got to a certain point where it was like you know what I'll, I'll see, see where this goes okay then the quarantine I was just kind of like, ah well you know it kind of became a joke like an apocalypse beard you know? right it's like you're in all all the great apocalypse movies you got to have a beard so I was like, ah, it just seems like a good time you like, you like the look kept it I do like it I think I'm I'm, I'm kind of going for like the uh, Leonidas look but yeah. I'm I'm obviously not that good when it comes to grooming so you know the, <laughs> those Spartans knew how to look look fly but they me, did that I, is true i do not so i i kind of get the uh the sea captain look no, i think it's a good look does it do you feel like it makes you stronger oh yeah yeah Beard, that's, beards are anabolic exactly that's what i always beards say. are anabolic yep i'm trying to look like a caveman here mm-hmm. i've been trying to go really hard I, I even bought oils and everything i can't get it full bush yet though i don't yeah. know if this yeah. is not I, my I, genetics i haven't committed to that yet my dad could grow a beard my grandpa had a beard um actually when he first joined the navy that there's a picture of him with like a full, like, full beard. He was ginger, so yeah. you know, it, it, it was bright red. But then when the uh, his uh, ship went down, it got a log full of oil, so they had to cut it all off. Oh, <laughs> well, that's not good. Well, we'll we'll move on from the beards, but I just want I'm happy you grew that out. I oh, do well, like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you and I met probably almost two years ago now, because that's so when I started yeah. at CFF there. Um, and how long you've been on your own now? I would. Have, I started on my own in uh, December, so it would be what seven months. Okay, so seven months yeah. as owner and operator of Semperfy Strong or Semperfy Fitness. Semperfy Fitness. Okay. Yeah, Semperfy Strong Fitness. is the Instagram. Semperfy Strong is my is my Instagram handle because Semperfy Fitness was already taken. Okay, so Semperfy so, Fitness. Yeah. And before that, you were at CFF for how many years? Uh, before I met you, it would have been uh, three years. I was there for a total of nearly four. Okay, we'll keep yeah. backtracking. Before that, you said you were at a Fitworks. I Fitworks, it. yeah, it, it was a, a a commercial gym setting. Um, you know, just high volume, very minimal exposure to clients. I mm. didn't feel like I could really get them the best product. Yeah, um, and I didn't have time for professional development or anything like that. So was that that was your first gig at a gym as a trainer? That was my first gig out of college when I was in college I did some training at the school rec center okay as a personal trainer there um, and th- that was where I really started with it and your majors actually you your, your degree was actually in exercise my is I double majored in kinesiology and dietetics okay okay mm-hmm. so you, you actually got to go study some of this stuff before applying yeah. it to the field yeah so what got you into that? And I, I know because you were in, in the military, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that kind of probably sparked an interest. But what the, got you into wanting to train people? Uh, it, wanting to train people, uh, it, it was in the military because, you know, the, the um, in the military, you know, it's like obviously it's, um, it can be very high stress. 
Yeah. Uh, so I started working out a lot and started falling in with other guys that like to work out, and that that kind of became just as much like a like a mental release for us as as uh, anything else. So that was where I really developed a love for fitness and training mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Um, I I'd, I'd always wanted to be a teacher. Um, okay. You know, but back before the Marine Corps, I I always wanted to uh, be a history t teacher. Um, I can see that. I, actually, my uh, my my first passions were not in the sciences; that that they were in literature and history. Um, and my both my parents were educators. Okay. Um, my dad taught uh, like literature and history at, at the college level, and my mom taught special ed. Um, yeah. uh, up through, I believe it would have been junior high. She, she was teaching, and she told me, "You do not want to go into education that pays crap." So I'm like, "Okay, well," um, but obviously, I've still got kind of the educator bug. So, yeah, um, you know, later on, you you combine that with a love for fitness, and what do you do? Teach people fitness. You teach people fit, fitness. So, so I guess that's where it, it really kind of snowballed for for me. In fact, okay. I, I actually went into school uh, wanting to be a researcher um, and a professor. But, oh, wow! But you know, in in going through that, you you kind of get to be like, you know, if, if you really want to be on the cutting edge of things, you don't want to be a researcher. You don't want to be, you know, because exercise science is, is very I say re retrospective. You're always looking back at mm -hmm. what people are already doing and explaining why this works. Yeah. You know, uh, I find that much with most science. It's yeah. Yeah. No. No. No biomechanics lab has ever developed a new and better way to do an exercise or or movement. Right. They um, studied someone else. Yeah. that Made this new movement. And yeah. Said, well, how effective is this? Precisely. So, yeah. um, you know, to. To, to really be in there with people and to make people better and to be on the cutting edge of what athletics is doing, you have to be in the gym or on the field with the athletes. Right. Um, and so that that was where it really um, kicked off for me in school. And then, you know, in in my experiences with clients, you you get to see exactly what this job does to impact people. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think one of my first clients in in school, um, this uh, this gentleman, he was another su student, um, came to me. He, I, I mean, beanpole skinny, you know, the the wimpy kid from the uh, the uh, Charles Atlas comics. That that I don't know. That's that kind of thing. Oh gosh, you know, man, I, that's no. your heritage, man. Probably. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, you know, I didn't know he had a comics. Uh, well, you know, his. Um, his way of training okay. was was popularized through these advertisement comic strips. Okay. With the wimpy kid on on the beach, and someone kicks sand in his face and st steals his girl, and I'm gonna get big and strong gotcha. with Ch Charles Atlas's dynamic tension, and then he comes back. Well, and he's he, the one like bending. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he was all about <laughs> the uh, dynamic tension, but the, this kid, long story short, um, he suffered from. Uh, Anxiety attacks, uh -huh. and so it it was suggested to him by his therapist that you know exercise can can help with that, and so you know I, okay yeah it's like we'll do some bench pressing and you know just your basic stuff, mm -hmm. um, and you know after a few weeks of that he was like you know I I haven't had a single panic attack 
I, I was like, wow. It, it, it just, that was the first time that I'd really been exposed to the psychological benefits of it. And it's like, I, I, I said back in the day that, you know, it's like we did it for our sanity back in the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. um, but to actually see someone who had a, for lack of a better term, pathology, yeah. and to see it um, attenuated through the application of exercise, you really see what this field can do for people. And oh, it, it's, it's an amazing thing. And then the, that's been borne out and repeated with multiple clients s since then. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, it's, it's amazing to see. Yeah, that's a pretty common thing that I've seen too. And I've done a lot of research into the anxiety and depression, sort of those mental quote unquote mm -hmm. disorders. Um, I really don't like giving things that label. Yeah. But, uh, but you have to call them something. Mm -hmm. And then people, they tend to have a lot, a lot of exercise and uh, paying attention to your health tends to successfully mitigate that a lot. Yeah. Um, what do you think that is? Well, you know, you mentioned paying attention. And I think, you know, a lot of people kind of waste exercises on just mindless moving. Mm -hmm. Once you try to pay attention to what's going on under the skin, you, you become more mindful. And a yeah. lot of mental health is, is being mindful. You know, mm -hmm. be, being present in the moment, being present in your body, being present with your thoughts. And exercise, I think, is a good um, drill, for okay. lack of a better term. It's like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm not just gonna, okay, my trainer says to do bicep curls. I, I can take a pair of dumbbells, I can just flam my arms up and down mindlessly, and okay, yeah, I've got a little bit of a burn, but right. nothing else. Or I can slow down, I can really focus on getting that peak contraction at mm -hmm. the top. If I hold my wrist a cer certain way, that, that increases the lever arm in a cer 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 certain way. If I tur turn my wrist another way, that works a different muscle. So you really have to think about what's going on, um, how it feels, mm -hmm. is, this a, is this feeling appropriate to what I'm trying to accomplish? And I think that mindfulness that you apply to being able to train your body goes into other areas of, of life. Okay. It's like if, if, if you have a certain thing that triggers a certain negative response from you, you know, know that, appreciate it coming, and then think, okay, what can I do mentally, psychologically, to, to mitigate that, that a negative response? And then that, that just spills over in, into other things. So you feel like it teaches you to gain a little more control over not only your body, but your connection from your mind to your body, and then therefore just more control over your mind and the things that you, you know, your anxiety, your, your issues that you thought, maybe this is something I have to deal with, and now you mm -hmm. have the ability to Precisely. Kind of handle that better. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about um, just the fact that once uh, people start doing some harder shit, that then they realize how much the stuff they thought was bothering them doesn't mean anything because they're like, oh, if I can do that, then that's yeah. that's no problem too. There, there, there certainly is a lot to to that. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's like the, there's a you know it it's a it's it's like. Uh, J.C. Santana used to say, not the guitar player, but, right. but the, uh, uh, the... Institute uh, of Human Performance, yeah. uh, Juan Carlos Santana, we'll give him a shout-out. Yeah, uh, he's got a lot of good stuff. There. Check out his uh, Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. But. Exactly, yeah, but he, 
he he was always talking about the barometer of of human will, mm -hmm. and you know it's like well you know so, some people might say okay, getting out of bed is hard. Well then once you can get yourself out, out of bed, then you go and you do ten goblet squats with sixty pounds on on you. Mm -hmm. so, suddenly getting yourself up may not see. It seems hard. It seems so hard. You know, so yeah. it, it's just, it's just expanding what you find to be acceptable. Absolutely. To to yourself, and you know, it, th there are some things that you know, some people will never find acceptable. I will never be a marathon runner. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to put myself through that kind of pain. But you right. know, it's like, so so everyone's got their niche, but yeah. within their niche, you can always. Grow you can grow adapt. yourself, and you don't have to be what someone else is, mm -hmm. but you're, yourself and your own path, you can always get better about what, about what you're good at or wanting to do. Or exactly, because like you know, it, it comes down to kind of the basic premises of, of really evolution. Yeah. You know, what, what is evolution but stress and adaptation? Right. And as you, as you adapt to a given stressor, it takes greater stresses to be able to either stress you out mm -hmm. or to force more adaptation. Yeah. So, you know, once you get up to a to a certain level of adaptation, you can handle a lot of stress yeah. that before you would not be able to. Oh, that makes absolute perfect sense. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree. Um, we'll bring it back to, kind of want to clear we're, up the timeline a little bit. So you were <laughs> wanting to teach. I ran When you went into the military, were you still wanting to teach as you went in? What got you into the into the Marine Corps, actually? Well, um, <clears throat> uh, deep philosophical stuff. You know, I, I was I was I raised. I I I came from a military family. Okay. Uh, my um, you know, as, I mean, as far back as anyone has ever known, there's always been some sort of a military connection there. Okay. Um, you know, my, and I I went to bed with you know, you know. Stories of Grandpa's ship getting sunk and you know all, all this other stuff. You know, gr Grandpa was my hero. Okay. You know? you know, both my grandpas were my hero. My dad too. My dad did 24 years in in the uh, National Guard and everything else like that. But, wow. um, and so there was that historical factor. But I was also raised very much with the idea that you are a citizen of the Republic, and mm. as such, it is your duty to offer yourself back. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, the, those two things, it, it, part, part of it was legacy, part of it was I am an American citizen and this is what I, I must do. Yeah, I like that sense of duty. Yeah. I kind of think, you know, I, ne I never went into it personally because at the time I'll, I'll claim that there just was things that I didn't 100% agree with that I couldn't fight for and also yeah. I just didn't know what the hell I was doing with my life. Mm -hmm. um, but I do agree, like, there's, in a way, it's good to find a way to give back to mm -hmm. the, the Republic, especially because where we're at, it's, I mean, it is the best place to be, at least yeah. for now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, to, you know, kind of keep that going strong. So I like, I like that philosophy. But anyway, you went, um, so because of that, you got in the military. Were you wanting to teach at that point afterwards? Was that kind of the the goal after what was what were you looking at when you went in like what were you thinking about the next step at all or well, were you just well, going in when i first went in i wanted to be a a, a 20 year man okay C career 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I swiftly found that, you know, there are some people that that lifestyle and that that mindset works for and there are some people that it doesn't. Spartan mentality. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm I I can be tough, but um, I, I guess it it all comes down to what a certain Lance Corporal once said to me. He said, personally, do you know what your problem is? And I said, no, Lance Corporal, I don't. And he said, you need an enemy. <laughs> and it, 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 it's true. I, I cannot hold anybody in really bad, bad regard. Okay. And a, a lot of the best war fighters have a chip on their shoulder. And that's just never been me. You know, I, I, um, you know, I, I struggled a lot because it's like, you know, I, I don't have that, that hunter killer. Okay. Um, you know, really as much as you are into all that, that hunter killer survival mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, like the, I, I'm, I'm too nice of a guy that I get you. The, the mentality started eating me alive. Yeah. Um, and so, but I mean, it, the, there's there are plenty of excellent Marines and soldiers and airmen and sailors who thrive in that kind of environment. Mm -hmm. it, it just wasn't well, me. See, I, I was, I was a, I was a good Marine. I I did my job. I I distinguished myself in in the combat. There were plenty of guys who were way better at the job than me. Mm. So, you know, leave it to the guys who are good at it. I'm going to school. Okay. So, yeah. so you did how many years, and then we're like, I'm, I'm done. I'm getting out. I did four years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then decided to school. And you said at first you wanted to be professor. Now was that but, in exercise science? So you had already made the shift. I, by the time I went to school, I, I knew that the um, health and wellness industry, specifically human performance, was where okay. was where I wanted to be. Gotcha. Um, and I went to school um, specifically looking for that. I, I started out um, majoring in kinesiology only. Okay. Um, and after that, I realized that you really can't have a good kinesiological, ooh, that's a hard, hard word. <laughs> you can't have a good um, biomechanical outcome for an athlete or a good physiological outcome with an athlete without having the diet nailed down too. Mm. So I later double majored in kinesiology and dietetics, um, and I didn't minor because you know, I'm like coming from the Marines. I'm I'm not going to minor in anything. Okay, <laughs> I'm going like to major it. in it. You know, <laughs> so so I uh, so I got that, um, and you know I I guess. I don't. I don't really know where it, or where I kind of fell off the whole thing of you know trying to be a professor mm. and the. Well, you said you started training so. people there, and you kind of got a feel for what that was like. Yeah, right? and you liked. Yeah, exactly. you liked being able to to. And I'll steal this from our old friend Scott, but mm -hmm. coach people. Like, yeah, I, and I like that exactly. term a lot more than yeah. just a trainer. Like, yeah, we're here to coach. We're here to help you mm -hmm. do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that kind of shifted you toward you really started liking doing that exactly, and yeah. then by the end of school you were just like, all right, where can I go to yeah. start doing and, this? And then the the academic stuff kind of got a little 
tedious and yeah. kind of like no crap really. It's yeah. just like you know, I I I took I took this one class. You know, what's a semester? Sixteen weeks. Um, you know the the thrust of the class is that two thirds of Americans are overweight or obese, <laughs> and physical activity can help that. Yeah. Great. Here's your diploma. You know, like. Yeah. And and we're still doing research on on this. So it's like a lot of the research that they're doing. It's like you know, you know. Three sets of ten is better than one set of ten for building muscle hypertrophy. And I'm like, yes, I know. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, so the, the academic part of it ca- kind of got just tedious to me, and I was like, okay, let's let's actually get get some experience, out. right? That's yeah. the number one. That's the number one teacher right there. Precisely. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. So then you just FitWorks was like, that was the open one and you fit, were like let's fit, dive fit in works or, um how'd you the there's a there's a guy um morgan Tows, strong dude holy smokes he <laughs> he was a freak um he's actually doing um chiropractic d- down in in the in the florida now oh wow yeah okay. but um he uh he was a trainer at fitworks he graduated i think a semester or two ahead of me um so so he had the connection there gotcha i I, I went on his uh, recommendation. Um, was there for a better part of a year, not quite a year. Yeah. Um, and then I went looking for, for other opportunities that would... You just felt like you weren't learning much there? I wasn't learning much. Um, on, on the commercial side of things, your, your pay is not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working 30-minute sessions, which in, in getting paid, I was getting paid 16 bucks an hour. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and that was two sessions an hour, so I was training, you know, a full schedule with sixty sessions a week. Yeah. Um, and I I didn't have time for professional development. I was not delivering the service to my clients that I right. wanted to. Um, it's all about quantity, not quality. Yeah. It it, it it was sheer volume, and yeah. it um it it didn't really matter. It, it 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 was kind of the whole thing of you know it it doesn't matter the product quality as long as you're selling the product right and I I was not in sales but I was on the side on the side of the house that was trying to deliver this product yeah uh, and it, it, it just did not work no I I'm, I never do and I it probably hurts me in the business aspect a little bit but I never operate as a business I just I'm yeah. just trying to I want to do this because I want to do this and I want exactly. people and that's mm-hmm. like I said maybe I could be building it quicker a little easier if I focus more on that but that's just it's not my thing yeah it's not what I want to do as, as with all things there's a balance to be struck absolutely yeah yeah but so then you were looking for more learning opportunities and that's how did you find CFF uh, well we um, we would do our grocery shopping at the fresh time there okay and then we had to go down around that that loop to get back on 71 to go back to uh, Norwood so um, I was look over like ah oh, society functional fence I wonder what that is and then I, I, I just stopped in. Okay. I just, I literally just crashed through the door, sort of. And, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Scott, Scott uh, met me and had, had me fill out the stuff, bro- brought me in for, uh, for interviews, and yeah. then he hired me. So tell yeah. me about, so you said four years, right, about? Uh, where at, 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 uh, CFS? at CFS? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what, what was the experience for you like in those four years? Very positive. Um, you know, I... Uh, Scott really stressed a lot of um, personal development 
mm -hmm. um, you know, learning things as as a coach, um, as as a person, as a businessman. You know, b being punctual, keeping yourself um, groomed up. You know, you 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 conduct a business in this way. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're the way you conduct your business is a reflection of yourself. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was good, obviously a very positive place to work. It was a, um, step up in pay for, for me. It was mm -hmm. a step up in, uh, learning for me. It was a step up in the quality of product that I could deliver to my clients. Yeah. Um, so it, it, was definitely a very good stepping stone between the high volume commercial s setting and then striking out on, on my own and mm -hmm. defining my own concepts and my own image and my own identity. Yeah. Now, how much of that learning across those three, we'll use those three tiers of the, when you're in school training, FitWorks training and CFF training, um, how much of that, each of those times, shapes where you're at now? Well, in in school, you know, Obviously, Just basic things that you kind of learn from there yeah, that you remember. The, the the school stuff. I mean, there were a couple classes that were very useful. From a you know, this is something I'm going to store up in my brain housing group and bring out. A lot of it was more of thinking like a scientist. You okay. Know, as as much as I hated chemistry, um, you know, D's get degrees. Let's say that. <laughs> um, it. It's it's very useful in its mindset. I wish that I had gone for a, a harder science major, like chemistry or physics. Okay, um, that probably would have eaten me alive. But you know, um, it, uh, but it is what it is. The most useful element of my time in college was actually being in the weightlifting club at Miami. Okay, um, weightlifting or powerlifting or what? Well, like Olympic. We were called the weightlifting club, um, but it, it was mostly powerlifting. Okay. Uh, we had a few bodybuilders in there. We had like one oh, or two so weightlifters. Anyone who it, wanted it, it was, to lift weights and yeah, something. It, it was it was picking up heavy stuff and putting it down. Gotcha. Um, I I kind of introduced more strongman kind of stuff, um, but you know, the cool thing about it was we were in the basement of an old condemned building. Nobody oh, yeah. nobody ever went down there. Our faculty advisor was the most awesome um, exercise physiology prof, and he didn't care what we did. Yeah, um, we literally had had no su supervision. We could do I, we, we could experiment with you know different training methodologies, you know all, all the bands, the chains, all, all all of these crazy 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 different things we experiment with, and um, you know. Uh, once we we brought in uh, Brandon Lilly, the powerlifter, oh, as, yeah. as, as a guest speaker, great guy. Um, we brought him in as a guest speaker, and it, b before him, it was all just a bunch of bros in there throwing around weights. Yeah. When he came in and talked to us, it completely remolded the focus of, of the group. Um, more guys started competing. Our our training got a lot more dialed in. A little more technical. And, and more, much more te technical, and that was where I really got into the performance side of it. Okay. Because this is what performance is, and this is how, how this is how you go after it. Um, so the weightlifting club was great. 
Um, also at Miami, I interned with the uh, strength and conditioning staff there with, oh, Co okay. with Coach Harker. Right. Um, he, he was our uh, head, head, head strength coach there. Gotcha. Um, learned a lot there in terms of, you know, just the workload and the hours that uh, collegiate strength coaches go through. And I discovered I really would prefer not to uh, yeah, be a, same boat. not to be a collegiate strength coach. Nope, that's not I mean, one of my like, aspirations at any point. Heck, I mean, we'd, we'd get there at 530 in the morning and would would leave when the last team left at seven. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it was just awful. But um, good experience there. Yeah. Very, very good experience. Um, but so between those elements of my college education, and college is also where I started competing. Okay, so you were um, already competing in powerlift and strongman, or just powerlift? Ju just strongman. Just strong. Oh, you did just, strongman first. I did strongman first. And, okay. you know, that was where you, you get into the mindset of you do what works because it works. If it doesn't work, you cut it out. Right. And what, what got you into this? How did you start Strongman then? Strongman, um, I don't know if you know the name Steve Slater. No. Steve Slater, um, he, uh, he is the head Strongman equipment designer for Rogue. They brought him on. Oh, okay. But he, even long before Rogue, he, he, he'd been making the, 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 uh, the big Slater logs, like the Austrian oak. Oh, yeah. That, that they lift. That's his log. Okay. Um, the the uh, manhood stones. Uh, from the Arnold Classic, those okay. were his stones. So, so he he'd been supplying and building the uh, the implements to the Arnold Classic, and for for other like World's Strongest Man, he he'd been doing that for years. Um, he happens his family happens to own one of the hardware stores in my hometown. Okay. So um, I got talking to him. I was I was in the store one day, and he was like, Hey, you know, we train here at the at the hardware store. <laughs> on on the on Saturdays, you should get, come down. So I did. I was like, "Oh, this stuff's pretty cool." So that kind of got got me into that. What kind of stuff were you doing at the hardware store? Training? Oh, um, at at the hardware store, <laughs> yeah. Slater's Hardware Store in Lancaster, Ohio. He has the Austrian Oak. Okay. He has the big Hummer tire deadlift. Oh, that's awesome. Um, he's got the manhood stones there. So obviously, we weren't lifting that. Actually. I, I did train once on the Hummer tire deadlift. We had one tire on each side. Okay. <laughs> that thing was heavy as hell. Oh, I'm sure. But, um, you know, j just things like that. We're doing truck poles and stones and, you know, yokes and, you know, all, all, all that stuff. He, he's got okay. it all there. Yeah. And um, that was your first exposure to That was my that first type. exposure. And then I started doing small shows and then the, that's escalated. Now guys have sucked me into doing powerlifting, whatever else. <laughs> but so, so that was kind of the effect foundation of where I went and then um, th through Fitworks it was just a lot of volume um, okay. Fitworks was also valuable in teaching me that you know most of the population is not a bunch of 20 year old powerlifter kids Yeah. and you know if, if you take someone who's used to working out with a 5 pound dumbbell and you put a 10 pound dumbbell in your hands you didn't increase the weight by 5 pounds you just doubled the weight, right? And so it it, it it's an entirely different way of th thinking because you know it's like at the weightlifting club back at school we had a uh, a leg press machine, yeah, and we left four one hundred pound plates on it. That yeah. was that was everyone was that was the very capable. Yeah, yeah. The, that weight never came off, and now you go to Fitworks and you get people who they they look outwardly healthy, but 
they you put a single 25 pound plate on each side and it staples them and it's like oh wow i i did not i i didn't see that coming yeah (laughs) that's the same thing when i first started training i realized i said i thought i knew how to train i said no i knew how to work out and those are two different completely different things two entirely different things yeah you know the idea of you know don't go into a session or a client trainer relationship with an expectation of what this person should be able to do. Right. You know, Figure like, out what they can yeah. do. It's like, oh, you you, you should be able to uh, bench your body weight, uh, squat one and a half times your body weight, and deadlift triple your body weight. It, no. Right. No. It, j- j- just no. It's, it's not even close for most yeah, of the and, general population. And, and it's not really relevant for most of the population. Right. And, That's true, too. And, that that was a mindset that I had. You know, it's like that. There are these parameters that that measure your your strength or your fit, fitness. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you can't hit these, you're you're fo- you're falling below standard. Yeah. And you know, beat my head against that. It, it well, one it frustrates your client because they're like, why am I doing this? I, I just want to look good for the beach. And then as a trainer, you're trying to. You're trying to lead a horse to water that would rather drink Kool-Aid. Yeah. And it's like, you know, come on, come on, you got this. I'm like, okay, whatever you say, but you know, it 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 never happens. So you both just end up pissed off. Right. Yeah. And, frustrating. And your training's not working, and you're just like, oh crap. So you know, but all of that to say, you know, it's like you you learn how to deal with um, more general people, and you know, I. I'd like to say that the professional development was still happening at that point, but I, I just didn't have time. Okay. Um, I, I barely had time to train myself or the energy. So it, it, it was it was more of like the exposure to many different kinds of people. That, yeah. That's one good thing that that amount of volume has. Okay. You see a lot of different kinds of faces. But you burn out on that pretty quick. Bur- like, I got to find something new. Burn out very quickly. Yeah. Burn out very quickly. Okay, and then found CFF and... So what, what what kind of things what uh what stood out from there that you uh, learned most what were the things that you retained mostly well, from that experience? Well, one of the things was definitely um, emphasis on core training, mm-hmm. and you know, learning about how to actually put your core together. It's like okay, mm-hmm. the, get, getting sequences for okay first your glutes, then your rib cage, then then your obliques. Get that tight. Okay, now you breathe deep into it and. You know, so so all of these, all these little tricks and isms, and being more sensitive to what's going on under the skin, mm-hmm. and because c- you know, well, an exercise can look great, and someone can be doing it entirely wrong. Oh yeah. So you, it's it's that whole mind muscle connection. Simply, simply, aping the exercise is not good enough mm-hmm. it's it, it's not monkey see monkey do right. you have to be attuned to it you have to be thinking it, it's really a very cerebral pr- process it is i tell um, everyone strength is more neural than anything yeah it's huge. your ability to recruit the muscle now mm-hmm. hypertrophy yeah you're trying to build mass but anything other than that it's if you don't have it up top you can't yeah. use it and yep. that's why you see like the, the stories of moms lifting cars off of people because yeah. it's that neural impulse of like exactly. oh we got to do this Exactly, um, and yeah. being able to teach it in that way. Yeah, yeah I didn't want to take you off topic oh, no, no, there. No, it's but, okay. um, yeah, and, and, and then, you know, so that and, and you know, just, again, th- thinking about pulling 
back mm -hmm. and and s saying, okay, this is what I'd like this person to be doing. They may not be interested in it, but we've got these things that we can work on, and we've uh, we've uh, we've obviously got these dysfunctions. Yeah. Let's see if we can fix this, and then give them skills, and then and then we'll build build upon it. Yeah. So it was very useful there, plus a lot of um, you know very different exercises that mm. you don't see in a lot of mainstream stuff, and and, and also getting a more accurate definition of quote-unquote functional training. Yeah, that's a um, weird term. I don't necessarily... Yeah. I think all training is functional. Yeah, yeah. All, all, all training is functional, yeah. but a lot of times functional training gets, you know, people hear functional training and they think wobble boards. Right. And, you know, just, okay, no, functional training is getting yourself planted. Yes. And then getting yourself balanced and and braced up. It's good good movement, yeah. good body awareness and connection, yeah. no matter what it is. That could be in a, a barbell squat, but yeah. there's a good movement yeah. for that, fu and there's terrible movement fu for that. Fu function is context-specific, yeah. and it, it gets really hard when you're talking about a general fitness mm -hmm. um, situation, because that's not specific to anything. Right. It's like, it's like so someone just wants to be able to move better. It's like, well, they can get out of bed and they can get around now. You know, what's to say that something else is better or or worse? I mean, but you know, obviously, like an athlete, it's easy. You right. know, if 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 their total goes up by ten pounds, they got better. If they throw a javelin, you know, ten centimeters further, they it's much more easily measured. Yeah, they got better, and and we have these specific parameters and qualities that we want to hit in order to get that to happen. Mm -hmm. General fitness, it's like, oh well, you know that. They want to not hurt when they bend down to pick up their grandkids. So um, I don't know. Let's just do deadlifts. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's with most of general fitness. My approach is like, how can I just? I like I like Duffin's term anti-fragile. But yeah. before he said, before I knew that, I was always saying, how can I make someone as resilient as possible? Yeah. That's exactly. the thing to everything to whatever. If, even if mm -hmm. all you have to do is get out of bed and get get your kids up, how can I make that the easiest version of that to mm -hmm. you? you know? And. A lot of that goes back to what we said before of resetting the, the barometer of the human will because a lot of people, they don't know what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it's like pe pe people kind of spend their entire lives um, you know, in this mindset of I can't or that's too much. Mm -hmm. And then you show someone who, you know, you know damn well they've got the engine for this. Oh yeah. But the, they, they just, they tell themselves no. They don't know how to access it. Yeah, they, they, and it's just like, all right, it's fine. You got this. Mm -hmm. Would I tell you to do anything that, that you can't? Right. No. It's like, okay, then do it then. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So. No, I, I, I agree with that. It, it is weird um, to deal with a lot of that in this field. But the, the, the good news is, at least for me and my experience, most of the people that come in, they're wanting to have that change. Yeah. So they're they're most of the time able to attain it because they're the ones really driving. I tell everyone, look, like I'm I'm barely doing the work. I'm yeah. just a guide. You're figuring yep. all this out for yourself, but that's how it has to go because yep. that's how you're gonna get the results you want. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'm just a guide on the way. I'm not here to mm -hmm. you know, I'm here to give you suggestions and tell you some recommendations, but ultimately it's what you want out of this that we're gonna Precisely. explore. Yeah. Okay, so you learned a lot of would you say core work? You learned a lot of um, 
looking under the skin, quality of the movement, some different movements. I, I mm-hmm. will say I, I learned a lot of good things as far as breaking planes of motion from the, I love the traditional stuff, but mm-hmm. like being strong in one motion does not always yeah. translate directly to being strong in the other. General strength has a good carryover, but you still need to find a specific to whatever the needs are. But I, I, I learned a lot of that from CFF mm-hmm. as well. And then, so what made you decide, you said, you know what, um, I want to do my own thing now. I want to mm-hmm. open up this Semperfy Fitness. What, uh, yeah. what was going on with that? How, how did you get to that point? Well, obviously, obviously I am a meathead, mm-hmm. very much so. Um, and I've, I've always ascribed to the notion that there I'm not going to say there are no bad exercises. There are very few bad exercises. Nothing is inherently good or bad. I'm with yes. that with, with in and outside the gym, yeah. everything. Uh, the, 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 there's nothing good or bad. There is a lot of inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But nothing is good or bad. And so um, a lot of it goes back to the way we relate to paradigms. Mm. I think it's, it's very easy to become a slave to a paradigm. Yes. Or, or way of th- thinking, and you know, when you have a proprietary method that you use, that is a a paradigm. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't want to be held to a certain paradigm. I wanted to be be more flexible. I understand. Um. So. So. Sometimes the the only way that you can do that is to go off on on your own absolutely um you know i mean, I mean it's like you know i understand yeah. i had the same exact experience and i'll, I'll mm-hmm. speak out a little more you know it it got to a point for me where i'm not a fan of this is the only way like you were saying there's Spicy. no right or wrong mm-hmm. and i was being told a lot of things were right or wrong and i was also what really for me was i was not given any good explanation as to why Yes. And I can't, fine, if you tell me something's wrong and you can explain, well, here's how I got to this conclusion based on this stuff and this is why it's wrong in this sense, I am a little more willing to meet you halfway and see mm-hmm. that. Um, but when that's not happening, I, I agree, it, it becomes very one-dimensional Yeah. Um, without going into too much more detail of that. So you, you got to a point where you're like, you didn't feel like you could implement the philosophy that you wanted to give your clients. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, yeah. You need to, whatever barriers in your way preventing you, you need to eliminate it. Yeah. And for you, that was just, okay, well, if I'm my own boss, then no one else can tell me what to do, mm-hmm. and I can feel free to implement and, it. And a lot of the actual outcomes of what I, I would want to do mm-hmm. w- would be within right. that, that, that broad umbrella, but I would want to do it in a slightly different method or a different mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. Um, that I wasn't allowed I to on on principle. Right. I'm like, you know, this is a method that, that will work. 100%. But I can't do it because it's not part of the stable of exercises. Or, right. Or, or and without violates whatever solid else. reasoning as to mm-hmm. why, in my, in my opinion at least. But yeah, I agree. So you opened up, you said in December, I started doing mm-hmm. that. So what, what kind of is... And we'll, we'll break it down to different clientele because it's hard. I know if I say, well, what's your philosophy on training? Well, it's like, well, what am I training someone for? What's yeah. the thing? So, yeah. um, but if you could generally, so what, what do you generally do just, with, just as a human with people? Like what, do you, uh, what kind of things are you into? Well, my, 
I have two main rules. Okay. One is do no harm. Yes. Two, do what works. Okay. So break down to do no harm. What exactly do you mean? By do that? no harm. If something hurts somebody, I'm not going to do it. Mm. Everybody comes in with different musculoskeletal problems, mm -hmm. different mental things. Yeah. So someone might be scared of something. Yeah. Okay, fine. We're not going to we do it. We don't need to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, obviously, we're going to try to push adaptations, but if something hurts mentally or physically, it's your body trying to tell you something. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, we're going to condition around that. We're going to find other ways to do it. We're going to yeah. revisit it. And that's um, not being, and, and I don't just till we cover this, but that's not being like soft in your training. That's that's being compassionate about it. Absolutely not. But yes. it's yeah. it's not saying we're not going to work hard. We just we don't need to use these things. We can do something yeah. else to work you just as hard because mm -hmm. these aren't working on a structural level or whatever yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Um, so you no, know, do no harm is just what it says. Don't hurt people. Mm -hmm. um, d don't don't insult people. Don't you know? blow their knees out, don't, just don't cause injury. Right. Um, do what works. Um, you know, there are many ways to skin a cat, um, mm -hmm. if you can say such a thing any <laughs> well, yeah. anymore. You can't um, um, And, you know, th there are many different means, there are many different methods, there are many different kinds of people mm -hmm. that may or may not respond to certain things. Mm -hmm. Part of my job as a coach and a trainer is to find out where you are, find out what you can do, find out what you will do, mm -hmm. and then cause you to build on that. Mm. So, and and that is context and goal specific. Yeah. So, if I've got someone who wants to, I don't know, I have a guy who, um, was watching Strongman on uh, on TV and YouTube, whatever else. Says, I'd really like to do that. Yeah, big guy. He's worked out a little bit, thrown out some, thrown out some weights. You know, he's overweight and everything like that. Not necessarily in shape, um, but I say, okay, you want to do Strongman? Let's do Strongman. Yeah. So I I start out. You know, we're we're doing basic compound movements. Um, Luckily, he moves very well. He's got no real issues, mm -hmm. um, so training could could go. But but now we're getting more and more specific. Okay. And you know, it's like just finding the things that work for him, finding the coaching cues that work for him. Yeah. Um, and just the exercises that'll work for him. When I see something breaking down in an exercise, you know, like he he dumps his squats, whatever else like that, or his, his hips shoot up first. Okay, what's what's the tool that I'm going to use to fix that? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm always constantly trying to refine and get my training more accurate to the specific person that I'm training. And that's really what do what works is. It's, it's okay. the right means and methods. It's the right coaching, it's the right attitude, mm -hmm. it's the right interaction with my clients. Some people like to be ridden hard, some people want to be coddled a little more. So, so, some people like having full-blown conversations while they do some token squats. You yeah. Know. Fine. Everybody's different. Absolutely. So 
do no harm, do what works. Those are, that's a great philosophy. I mean, that yeah, applies and in and out of here, I think, yeah, too. And, I think, and, yeah, outside of here, people should focus yeah, more and, on and it. And it keeps it general. Yeah. You know, I've, 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 got, I've got some basic things that I do just for ease of application, mm -hmm. but I, I can do entirely different things. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's fine. I, I, I haven't had to shift things up too much because, yeah. you know, the human body is the human body. It just gets right. parsed out a, as per context. Oh, yeah. But, and I, I don't really have anyone in my client group right now who is so highly qualified that they're specializing so much that they need something radically different. Okay. You know, the, it, it's all low level enough that it's, you know, falls in that general. The, the general principles, concepts, means, and methods still work for these people. Yeah, absolutely. That's how, like, right now, because I'm early on in this too, so everyone's mm -hmm. new. So my program mm -hmm. looks almost identical for almost everyone. Exactly. Because I'm, it's me just trying to, I'm just trying to get more information. Because, yeah, I did a little mm -hmm. bit of assessment, but I'm only going to get to know you over time and really see yeah. what works and doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, the, something else that I did, did learn from uh, CFF is, is the whole thing of assessment batteries. You know, the, mm -hmm. the whole thing of we have to bring this person in, we have to do the FMS, we have to do, you know, body fat, we have to do sit and reach, oh, we yeah, have to yeah. do, we have to do max effort testing, whatever else. I'm like, it, it's, it's not going to be worth a damn. No, it's not. You're wasting a lot of time. And, yeah. and, and it, it, it puts a lot of stress on the client and stress on me, the trainer, too. Mm -hmm. Because something that I learned at FitWorks, we had to do, company policy was we had to do an assessment battery every, I think it was six weeks or so. so oh, wow. And, you know, it's a hard conversation when, you know, so-and-so wants to lose so many pounds and they're working their butt off and the, and the needle never moves. Yeah. And, you know, it's like there's, you know, Assuming a client is very, very highly motivated, they train with you three times a week. Boom, great, three times a week. That's a lot of that's a lot of exposure for a trainer. Yeah, you don't get that very often. No. but that's three hours out of a week. That's however many hours that you're not controlling what they do. Right. And that that's that's a drop in the bucket. So you're you're, you're really kind of setting yourself up for failure. But you know, I I can control your movements. I can control how you think about exercise and you know, health in general and, and health in general so I'm going to focus on that I'm not going to do a big why worry about these numbers these battery. arbitrary yeah. things that honestly yeah. don't now, now um, for some clients like my strongman client mm -hmm. um, we, we just start lifting weight you know we're, we're not taking maxes or anything, okay. anything else like that up to a certain point once I feel like he's got good technical mastery and he's making some progress with, you know, just going in and just, okay, how do you feel today? Let's lift this. Okay, did that feel heavy? It's a lot of, R, it's a lot of RP kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Then once we're comfortable with that, then we'll start taking maxes. Yeah. And then we'll start going into percentage-based training. Okay. And taking training maxes and one rep maxes. But when you do that, do you still maxes. give some room for play? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. we're supposed to hit... You know, sets of five at eighty-five percent. When the guy comes in, he's like, "I feel like trash, mm -hmm. Tristan." Yeah, right. Of course, yeah. Of course, you, you've got to do that. Yeah. And and you know, n not every exercise has a percentage based on it. That's I'll, true too. I'll I'll 
I'll do percentages for for the mains, but the accessories. Nah, mm -hmm. I just how do you feel? Yeah. Okay, great. In fact, I actually do a lot of uh, ranges too. It's yeah. Like, we'll 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 do you know. I mean, whatever we'll do. Give me uh, eight to twelve. Some for front squats of three to four sets of eight to twelve reps. Yeah. How do you feel? Need more volume? Okay, fine. We'll volume. Do you feel good? Okay, we'll we'll hit eights. It, if you want to go uh, go max effort for an accessory, fine. We'll just do two two sets of eight and go go he heavy with it. Mm -hmm. And and it, it's you know leaves some breathing room. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so I, I, again, I I want flexibility. Yeah, you want to be able to have the option yeah. to do whatever. I, you, yeah, because something new might it might be something you never tried before. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've got some interesting cases of people, and I told them ahead of time. I said we might just try something today, mm -hmm. and we might never use this again, or yeah. we might find we love it, and now it's part of our regimen. Like mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of experimenting when it comes to yeah. that type of stuff. A lot of a lot yeah. of. So, what kind of main stuff? It, it, to me, it kind of sounds like you do a lot of big compound movements mm -hmm. as your as your core of your training. Yeah. is that correct? Why why yeah. you choose that? Well, you know, I one of the most useful maxims of strength training is go from complex and difficult to simple. Mm -hmm. um, and difficult and complex, that's a measure of the the intensity of an exercise. Mm. So the intensity can either be the load, like a max effort, we're going a 95, 98% squat, yeah. or it can be technical. Okay. So um, say if we've got a crappy squat, we might load it up with 135 or the bar and just really focus on dialing that in and being absolutely technically perfect with it. That's still high intensity. Yeah. Um, and you want to do your high intensity work first so that you're fresh for it. Mm -hmm. um, of course, the, there, there may be situations where you would want to do pre-fatigue first. Yeah. And the, the, that's context dependent on on what the needs are of, of the phase of training that, that, that you're in and needs the specific needs of your athlete. Yeah. Um, but you know, doing the high-intensity work first, mm -hmm. and then after that, doing less intensity but still highly relevant to your primary skill. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, back squats are easy. Um, you know, it, it, if you do your high-intensity main back squat mm -hmm. variation, that 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 is your lift that you're trying to build. Okay. Um, after that, you've got a crap low back, so we need good mornings. Okay. That that would that's less intense. You're going to get more volume with it, but it's still highly specific to your main skill. Mm -hmm. Then after that, one or two of those kinds of things. After that, you'll go into more your your like ge general physical preparation kind of stuff. Your hamstring curls, your knee extensions, mm -hmm. your you know, sing, single leg work, your core work, whatever else like that. So you're always going from intense and specific to less intense and more general. Okay. Um, and, and that's kind of the way that I tend to structure most of my sessions. Um, very often, I'll also do supersetting. 
Okay. Um, where it it won't be your classic, you know, buys on top of buys on top of tries on top of tries supersetting. Mm -hmm. It'll usually be trying to um, increase the density of my work uh, yeah. to to get a conditioning effect. Yeah, a little metabolic base. Exactly, um, and it's also a good way to work in core work. Yeah, I find. Um, you do. I just I. Borrowed it from CFF, but I, I use mostly biplexes. But yeah, biplexes do same thing. Triplexes tri tri get too distracting. There's too too much for you to to think. Okay, I got to work on this. Got to work on this. Got to right. work on this. Biplexes, I I think are are very good. In fact, I think they can actually reinforce things if mm -hmm. if you manage fatigue. You know, like you know, it's like maybe if you do a heavy deadlift for your main, do that by itself. And then you'll go to, I don't know, maybe a goblet squat afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and then you do a pal-off press coming off of that. That just reminds you to keep your core tight. Right. You know, so, yeah, I, I tend to mix yeah. one and one with some kind of weightlifting with some kind of movement or corrective work. Cause exactly, yeah. You get a break from whatever you're doing. So if you were pressing, mm -hmm. you know, your pressing muscles are resting. But... Well, let's just not sit and do nothing. Let's make productive use of this time and do something. Mm -hmm. Let's work on our glutes because it's, it's, we're barely using them in there. So yeah. it's not going to over fatigue your, your pressing motion right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot too. Um, so do you, you kind of, from what I'm getting here, a lot of, do most of your clients, you do more the West Side method. That's the only way I know of it, but where you have a main lift for the day. That's the one thing you're focused on, and then you go into your supersets and your accessory work, like you said. Is that kind of how I mean, you typically run, or no? Th that is going to be typically what I would do. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it West Side because West Side is more conjugate. Yeah, I, I and, just call it, that's yeah. what I learned it from. Yeah, and I, I'm actually reading kind of the OG text on, uh, on the conjugate, which I'm, I'm actually very interested in playing around with, with my general fitness clients, too, because... Yeah. Um, the conjugate stuff, as as I'm understanding it now, and the uh, book that I'm reading is um, Su Super Training mm -hmm. by uh, Yuri, Yuri Verkashansky. Um, basically, what it's doing conjugate conjugate sequencing, as yes. as they refer to it, is you've got when you apply a stimulus to the body, mm -hmm. that stimulus has a lingering effect. So um, part of that effect will be fatigue, mm -hmm. um, and that's metabolic, that's neural, that's damage, that's, you know, all this stuff. But it can also have a potentating effect on what you just did. So um, the, take a heavy back squat. The effect in the nervous system that you get from a heavy back squat will be carried over for hours, if not days, after you execute. What what effect are you saying? Exercise. So, um, are you referring po potentating as far as yes, yeah, potentating. dynamic so, stretching. Some people know it as a stretch reflex. Is that yeah, what you're? Yes, okay. so, same kind of thing. Or, or like um, if you do, like I said, the heavy back squat. Um, after that, jumps would be easier. Mm -hmm. Because the, that 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 groove has been greased, okay. For lack of 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 a better term, what conjugate se sequencing is is it's taking advantage of 
one stimulus to potentate the next. Okay. And so that's why in the West Side method, which is conjugate applied to powerlifting, you'll have your max effort day, and then you'll have your dynamic effort day. Those two days are, are linked. Okay. Because your max effort work is going to potentate your dynamic effort work. Okay. And so, and, and the West Side Method breaks that up in max effort upper, max effort lower, whichever one you do first, usually max effort lower first, then upper. And then after a restoration period, you do your dynamic work. So your your muscles are still primed from that work. Precisely for that is, the, is the logic. Precisely yes, okay. and that's something that I'm I'm looking forward to experimenting with with even general fitness clients. Yeah. So conjugate actually I don't mean to interrupt mm -hmm. you, but conjugate came before Westside. Westside adopted. Okay, so yes. this is me learning right um, now. Conjugate came from the Soviets okay. actually, and it was first developed I think in track and field athletes. Okay. Um, so, and it, it's, it's not necessarily just, um, you know, heavy back squats and then two days later we're going to do, you know, s speed squats from a box. They were using highly specialized exercises even, even to potentate things like track workouts. Okay. So, like, one day you might have, you know, your, um, I don't know, heavy slit sled pulls or mm -hmm. sled pushes. Then two days later, you're, you're doing short sprints at, out of blocks. Okay. Th things like that. Yeah. And the, that, that se sequencing, um, it, it's, it's not so much strength building, it's more of neuromuscular preparation. Yeah. That, that's something that he uh, really hammers on is the, the idea of different forms of preparation and preparation being the being the perfection of all of the qualities that are going to result in the best execution of a given task. So what were you doing at CFF with like the power and power endurance that was kind of a very condensed conjugate very, I guess you would very say. Highly very highly condensed. Yeah. Very high, highly condensed that I think um, could have been um, I think we could have used greater intensity, greater specificity, mm -hmm. and I think just I think the the time interval having only one minute between yeah between st stimulus it, isn't enough to it it just wasn't enough. No, it, I I understand yeah. that. It, yeah, it was it was too general. Too yeah. general. Um, you can make it a lot more specific, a lot more intense, um, to the specific needs of a given athlete. Yeah. No. I there's another trainer who trains a lot of MMA guys named Phil Derue that uh, uses a lot of. He calls his condensed conjugate method, and it's like sort of the in between of what you just said and what we did. Mm -hmm. It'd be like starting at the like beginning of the workout, doing the heavy. Uh, Stimulus work, I guess you would call it, mm -hmm. and then at the end, that was where everything was supposedly prepotentated and ready to fire and do all of his other yeah. explosive stuff. Yeah, which, you know, obviously, from doing your heavy work at at the beginning and then your power work or your explosive work at at the end, 
you're also dealing with fatigue there, which mm -hmm. in his context, depending on where he is in the preparation of his athletes, is very important. Yeah. Sometimes you want to have that, that pre-fatigue, we got to produce power when we're blown kind mm -hmm. of thing. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you want to just produce as much power as you yeah. can, and you got to so, be fresh. Yeah. So it, it, you know, again, back back to that statement of you know, you know, everything is everything can be appropriate, everything can be inappropriate. Right. You know, it's like, well, what do you need? Do you need raw power, or do you need to be able to do it when you're tired? You know? Yeah. Like, so that's yeah. exactly. Yeah. And 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 that might you know what you do three weeks before a, a contest is going to be different from what you need and what you do six weeks before it and then 12 weeks mm -hmm. and then for further out because again that that whole sequence of specific to general yeah. applies across phases too mm -hmm. you know you you've got micro meso and macro cycles that that are responsible for for different blocks of time roughly mm -hmm. and um you know what what you do in the beginning of a general preparation cycle is going to be way different from what you do um, later on. And actually, something that I've fallen into in the meat locker um, is the, uh, that's the uh, powerlifting group that I'm in. Mm -hmm. In now, well, powerlifting strongman, we operate a, out of a, out of a raw performance labs. Um, it's that you know very phasic you're, you're doing this at this time mm -hmm. you're doing this so many weeks out and then you're doing this so you're very linear periodization as far as your so sorry not linear you're more you're very block periodization. block block i yes. would call it that more yeah yeah but block like r right now let's see i'm looking at my next con contest It'll be a strong man in uh, mid-December. Are you doing a powerlifting meet in December at all? I'm not doing a powerlifting meet. I just, I just signed up I'm, for one in, on the 5th. I'm, I was hoping I'm, 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 I'm taking a break <laughs> from uh, powerlifting for a while because my bench is stalling and I'm mad. Okay. But um, no, uh, <laughs> strong man I'm doing in, in mid-December. Mid Where's that at? Uh, it'll be the Beast of the Bluegrass. I can't remember where it is. Down south That's somewhere. strong man? Yeah. I swear, I just when I was looking up powerlifting events, I saw that. But anyway, it might be. I, I don't know. But um, so I still have to draw it out. But I'm I'm gonna do conjugate in the last weeks leading up to that, or or a variation on it to get me neurally primed for the execution of that contest. Okay. Before that. I'm doing um, a lot of pretty high intensity, high volume strength work, just trying to get work capacity, stronger work, work capacity kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and it, it's a lot of sets of a lot of reps of a lot of weight. So how would you how would you do conjugate for strongman? What's one example? So what 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 kind of what pick an event I guess that you're going to have to yeah. do, and how would you prep? For so that? The way I'm going to look at this is my primary focus is going to be on my dynamic effort days because that is when you develop your power and I'm a very slow lifter. I need to, okay. I need to, to develop power. I'm a grinder. I can't be a grinder anymore. Yeah. Um, so my, my primary effort is going to be on my dynamic effort days. Okay. Um, and then obviously I'm going to need a max effort 
performance to potentate what I do on that dynamic effort day. So um, one of the events is going to be a, uh, a uh, log clean and press away. I think it's a 310-pound log okay. that I have to do for, for, for uh, reps, which obviously has a metabolic component. Yeah. But the more efficient I am with it, the, the better my metabolic component is going to be. Mm -hmm. So um, what I might do would be uh, on my max effort um, upper body day, I might work up to a top um, maybe single or double on incline bench or mm -hmm. incline pin press or something like that. So some sort of an overhead-ish heavy movement. Yeah. And then three days later, I do my max effort, uh, sorry, not a max effort, I do um, re repetition kind of stuff on my log cleans. Okay. So I might do like um, 10 or 12 s singles with maybe 70, 75, maybe, eight, maybe 80% okay. of, of my best. I mean, 80% might be a little heavy, pro probably more like 70%. Yeah. And just trying to be technically perfect and snappy with it. Okay. Um, and really focusing on, you know, get, getting the movement right and the movement crisp. Then on another day, I, I might do a, uh, you know, on, on a different week, I might do a true max effort log press, mm. clean and press. That, that might be my max effort. And then on my dynamic effort, I might do, I don't know, um, maybe uh, split jerks. Or, okay. You know, something like that. I, I don't like to split because I'm not coordinated enough for it. But, <laughs> but I might do, do jerks. Yeah. Or um, if I'm doing, uh, if I'm continuing to try and work on my log clean and press on my max effort day, I might do um, maybe a max effort front squat. Okay. Uh, and then on my dynamic effort day, it'll just be a log clean with no press. Okay. Now you're changing these movements every week or how um, long? Probably not. Um, the, the, uh, I'll probably change my max effort stuff mm -hmm. every week. J okay. Just, just keep, keep it fresh. The, the um, the dynamic effort stuff I will probably keep relatively stable just so that I get the skill development out of it. Yeah. Because obviously skill and speed is is the number one thing there. So so I gotta make sure that everything is stabilized before I move on. Or if if I if I do change exercises it'll be because I've broken it I've, I've broken the exercise down into different parts and I'm ready to move on to another part okay so breaking the uh, the clean the log clean away from the log press no, I get you see so now doing different parts now conjugate to me it's it's always about kind of switching up the implement on your max effort days mm -hmm. is that is that true is that just it depends on your level of qualification, from what okay. I understand. Um, you know, so by the time you get up to the true Westsiders, yeah. you know, they are doing absolute maximum capacity stuff, 
and if they do the same thing twice in a row, they'll, they'll blow their nervous system out. too much stimulus. So. Um, most, you know, you're, you're lower to mid-level. Let's say with people that you would be training and you want to do conjugate. Um, I would probably keep the lift stable for probably two, two to four weeks. Yeah, okay. Um, just, just because, you know, it, it might take the person that long to achieve technical mastery. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I might, you know, I might keep the exercise the same. Yeah. The reps and intensity might change. Right. So the, maybe more specific, the movement. The movement stays the same. Yeah, I, I, I would simply, simply because, you know, it, it takes a lot of intuition mm -hmm. to be able to tease out why are we doing this particular variation because the all those different variations that you see in West Side yeah. they're not chosen randomly they're not doing a different squat right. for the sake of doing a different squat no, it's, it's this this slight variation is going to train this extremely specific part of your competition squat right you know if, if if your chest is dumping, you do one thing. If you're slow out of the hole, you do another thing. It's geared toward your weakness. It, yeah, it, it's yeah. it's very very specifically tailored, and it's a teaching moment. Yeah, you know, you're 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 applying this very specific thing to teach a certain thing, and now you have to remember this on the platform come meet day. Right, that's what I figured. Are you yeah. are you familiar with uh, Nick Curson? He runs Speed mm -hmm. of Sport. I'm not. Um, he, I was listening to a podcast, and he always talked about. He said you're either you're either optimizing a movement or you're adapting from it. And he yeah. said the the newer the movement is, the less optimal the movement is, but the more ad adaptation it creates. The more yes. optimal the movement becomes, the less adaptation. So that's what I always figured. about I want to hear it from someone more in the powerlifting world of like mm -hmm. those guys at that level are so good at their comp movement. That they're not getting much stimulus yeah. from that movement itself. Precisely. So, so they need to work on something that's a slightly different stimulus. While also, mm -hmm. I maintain the weak points is a big one for me. I had I, safety bar squat helped my squat so much because I realized mm -hmm. my my trunk stability pushing back exactly. into the bar was yep. weak. Yep. Safety bar, you're gonna get dumped forward if you don't have any yeah. of that. So that exactly. developed that more, and now mm -hmm. it's helped carry over a lot. Yeah. But that does make sense, and I'm. I use a, yeah. I don't have anyone at a level where I could do a full conjugate, or even myself. I don't yeah. even. I like to repeat movements a couple weeks because yeah. I'm still new at some of that stuff. Yeah. And and you know I, I can't remember who I heard heard, heard from, but it actually I think uh, Verkashansky said that you know, it if you take general adaptation syndrome theory. Mm -hmm. You know, when you first introduce a new stimulus, the body flips out. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my God, what's happening to me? And so you've stressed the person, they're not over it yet. Mm -hmm. It'll take two or three weeks for them with that same stimulus to adapt to it. Yeah. And then after about four weeks, now that's give and take. Right. So some people pick it up, some people never. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, as a general rule of thumb, it might take about four weeks, and on that fourth week, they'll finally be adapted to it. Mm -hmm. And then after that, then 
you might be able to apply a new stimulus. Right. So that 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 that's kind of a general guide, general guideline of you know it it might take you four weeks to master something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is where a lot of times you know a a phase might be four weeks. Right. Be, be, because of that, and, it's very common. Yeah, and and actually, the the idea of a of a four week training phase also has a has a psychological psychological component to it as well Mm. Um, because actually again comes from the uh, Soviets they would run their their training camps Mm -hmm. and they would move their athletes around the country to prevent stagnation Mm. and based on research that they did about you know like psychological well-being and things like that um, the athletes started to kind of get a little antsy in one place after about four weeks. Okay. So after four weeks, they'd move them to a fresh location. It's like, oh, good, new change of scenery. We're, yeah. We're all happy. So the the idea of a four-week cycle kind of stuck there because yeah. it takes four weeks to adapt to something. It's like you adapt to this, this new location, you adapt to this new training. Well, that's great, but you're an athlete. We don't want you to adapt. Or we, we want you to keep adapting. Right. You know? So... So that's a lot of where the idea of a, of you know doing training in blocks of four weeks came from. Okay, so that, that yeah that makes sense. I do most of mine in either three or four week blocks. I would say yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, which but just to me that's there's, personally there's flex as long as I want to do something and also long enough that I can get good at something. Exactly. And that's pretty much be, yeah. Be, because you. By the time you've gotten good at something, that means you've adapted to it. Mm-hmm. It, it it all goes back to stress and adaptation. Yeah. Stress and adaptation. That's all all this is. Yeah. And we're we're trying to continue to to stress them in such a way that mm-hmm. they adapt positively. Right. It's and called then you stress. A little bit of distress. Optimization too, especially for athletes. Well, you got to optimize mm-hmm. your jump. So let's you know we got to be exactly. as good at this movement as we can because mm-hmm. you need it or. I mean, even for general fitness, just being good at it so that when you have to, you know, be good at a deadlift, so you got to pick up your kid, that that's always feels yeah. good and easy, and you know mm-hmm. how to do it, you know what to use to yep. keep yourself safe, and I get that 100%. So I'm trying to circle back to a little bit of what you do with people. So let's just say you got a general fitness person, well, they're like one day a week, and they're like, and I'm just trying to be healthy, I'm an accountant, I sit too much. Mm-hmm. What kind of things do you do with someone like that? Well, let's say they're, and I know, again, you probably, well, where are they? Let's yeah, say they're, yeah, like, give they're me not a totally deconditioned, right? Nothing looks, you, you mm-hmm. did an assessment, nothing looks concerning to you. They're just, mm-hmm. they're just out of shape, um, mm-hmm. but they're not, their movement's okay, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll usually, I'll, I'll always start usually with like a body weight option. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I really like squatting. Um, and then, okay, sh- sh- show me your ten best air squats. Mm-hmm. They show me ten. I don't. I don't say anything. Oh, okay. okay. Well, you know, it 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 looks to me like you're doing this, doing that. Why don't we try it again with these specific fixes? Mm-hmm. So I feel better. Oh yeah, nine times out of ten, it's like oh yeah, I I feel way more stable, much much stronger. Like okay. Now let's see if we can add a, a a little bit of weight to it. Um, I don't know what's the most weight you've ever lifted. Oh well, you know I I did 
I squatted 300 pounds once in in, in high school. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna throw that out the window. Right. Uh, um, I know you're lying. But it's okay. Like, you're <laughs> you're 45. It doesn't matter anymore. Um, so I give them like uh, usually like a uh, dumbbell. Yeah. Um, or if if they're if they're too far forward into their knees, I'll I'll have them box squat. Okay. You know, so I, here, reach your butt across the bench and just go. It's like okay, so um, I usually do like three to four sets. Um, you know, I'll, I mean, it, if the first set was just a a wash, blow away, whatever, I'll add add one. And I was like, okay, great, fine, awesome. We'll come back to that uh, later. And then then I usually go from a bilateral lower body thing like a deadlift or, or like like a squat or a deadlift something like that I usually go go from there to back okay because uh, you know I, I firmly believe that a stronger back makes a stronger person mm-hmm. um, very often it'll be like just a TRX recline pull um, if someone says they can do pull-ups like, okay let me see your pull-ups that's what I thought mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know um, or you know, some some along those lines. Okay. I like to do. Then I'll usually go to a push. Um, you know, if if they're absolute general fitness, I might have them try a push up, mm-hmm. or you know, like a push up variation. Um, if they're a bit of an iron pounder, I'll say, okay, show me a bench press, or usually dumbbells, because mm-hmm. you can dump dumbbells pretty right, easy. You can't yeah. dump. You can't dump. Then you can got variability. Bar. So if, if something's going on, at least it's it's less damaging. Than yeah, exactly. Barbell. Yeah, it's not um, a fixed position as much. Yeah. The, then I'll I'll either go a hinge or some kind of like unilateral, like a lunge or a split squat. Okay. I usually split squat before I lunge. Okay. Um, and then you know, or or a hinge or whatever else like that. Um, usually introduce pal-off presses pretty quick because it, it's a core exercise that you know it's more specific to the way that people get about mm-hmm. than a uh, you know a crunch I, I I don't care about burning people's abs right I care about building a strong core mm-hmm. pal-off press is a very good total core exercise it's pretty easy that. to yeah. teach and yeah. yeah and then you know something like that and then maybe like I really like splitters for the uh, shoulders mm-hmm. and and the mid back because again Get a stronger back. Yeah. J- just get a stronger back, man. Um, <laughs> might throw throw in that if we've got time left as as a finisher. Okay. Um, and it, my 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 first sessions are always more instructive than they are work related. Right. You got to um, And I you know bracing is always a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mind muscle connection is always a big thing. So I'm not trying to kick anybody's ass out the door. Right. I'm, I'm trying to instruct them. On, you know, the sequences and the things that are going to make them more effective and more safe. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really what I'm trying to do with it, and and then that that obviously continues on, and as we go up in intensity in our in our exercises, because they get stronger, they get more comfortable, the loads increase. Mm-hmm. Um, as those as those intensities increase, the educational demands increase as well. Because obviously what, what got you to a 600 pound deadlift is not gonna get you to a 700 pound deadlift. Right. What got you to a successful bodyweight squat 
once I put a safety bar on on your back, things change again. Mm -hmm. So so your abilities are always growing. Yeah. Um, so so I'm always trying to refine and teach and use use loading and volume as teaching points. Yeah. So, okay. This is what happens here. This is what happens at this load. When you get tired, this is gonna ha this is gonna happen, so you have to be able to, to control it in this way. You know, so it, it's it, it it requires a lot of communication. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it turns out to be very useful and very informative to the client. Mm -hmm. And I think that people like having that kind of mental st stimulation. Oh yeah, I think well I think yeah. they appreciate reasons, not just do yeah. this because I say so, but mm -hmm. Okay. Well, why? Well, because you, you've got this back issue. Well, this is teaching your body to use your glutes mm -hmm. instead of your back. This is, and yeah. ho this is hopefully it's going to get you to alleviate that pain because you're not taking the load on that. Exactly. And I find uh, most people. Some people are like, I don't really care. But most people are yeah. like, they want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's say. All right. What about? Let's say you got an athlete. Let's say you already know how they work. They're they're up to snuff. You're just it's it's you're at a point with them. It's like okay, we're we're just trying to get your performance up. We're trying to get you ready for this thing. Um, let's say it's they're not in season. It's just that you're prepping them for season. How much training do you recommend an athlete do? And let's say they're really not doing much organized like practice work or anything. They might be doing some skill work on their own, but mm -hmm. that's about it. I mean. For for an athlete to really get up and running, mm -hmm. you know, how many days should they come see you in the weight room? Minus conditioning and all the extra stuff, or I don't know, are you taking over with that as well? How's well, if if I'm doing there, if if I'm a strength coach and mm -hmm. I am responsible for everything about what they do, mm -hmm. um, they could come in and see me seven days a week. Okay, and you know, the, the, there's so many different things. I mean, a uh, uh, a strength coach could manage their strength preparation. He could manage their um, conditioning preparation. He mm -hmm. could manage their recovery. That's a part of training. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and he, he could harp on them about their nutrition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I mean, the, the, you, you could go into a strength coach's office every day. Yeah. And he, he, should be, he, he or she should be able to have something for you. Okay, so we'll I'll break it down yeah. way just to get left. Let's say they're they're fine with their nutrition for for whatever reason. All they really need is the strength from you. They're getting their conditioning mm -hmm. from their sport or whatever else. And but um, let's say they're getting team can fine. We'll say they're getting team conditioning like three days a week already. They're pretty mm -hmm. solid on that. So they're doing three days of work a week. How much do you want them to come see you in the weight room? I, I usually like at least twice. At least twice. Okay. At, What's the maximum? You would at say? least twice. I mean, let's to, to uh, minus recovery work and all that. Let's say to come in and move and lift weights in one sense or another. You know, and work out. I think by the time you pass five or six days, you're you're, you're going to start yeah burning the oil. You know, it's like I mean, the bodybuilders will will come in. And they'll do six days worth of work, but it's also low intensity. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not stressing their their central nervous system. Right. They're stressing metabolics, which your metabolic system, once you're adapted to it, it, it can recover relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, the, the, uh, the nervous si system and the central nervous system especially has a much longer recovery period. Yeah. Um, but, you know, most, you know, that bodybuilding style of truth training is is not going to be it's accurate not conducive to to and and, and you know, function of any yeah, sort really yeah so yeah. and you know that we're, we're trying to get into one to start off with we're trying to prepare the muscles the ligaments the tendons the the metabolic machinery mm -hmm. trying to get that stuff up to where we can do the high intensity um, very technical, specialized neuromuscular tra training. Mm -hmm. Neural being the key, yeah. key, key thing. They're in different phases, um, and obviously, once you get to there, your your work is so focused and it's so intense that it doesn't really take much to get a good result out of it. Mm -hmm. So you know, when you're in your your GPP phase or, or your, your general Mm -hmm. preparation phase you can usually tolerate a bit more volume mm -hmm. than you can in your in your final prep yeah prep so it, it it really would depend on the phase that that you're in okay v very early on um, you know three to five days yeah. um, later on you might be fine with three to four days once you're in season you can maintain your your neuromuscular effectiveness to an extent mm -hmm. with just one to two, probably more like one high intensity day a week. Yeah. And now intensity obviously being by that point, we're probably going more for quality. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're, we're doing, we're doing things Minimal like. Minimal effective dose. Yeah, yeah. We're doing things like box jumps, mm -hmm. you know, very, very few of them to j just to keep it all, but all out, but yeah, yeah. Keep, keep keep the nervous system primed and running. Mm -hmm. We're not necessarily doing heavy singles mm -hmm. because you know what happens if you blow something out, right? You know, yeah. so it it's, it it depends on its phase and its context. I get you. That's that's pretty much the answer yeah. I was expecting. But I was, yeah. I was curious to see what you said. Ho um, hopefully that made sense. No, absolutely. <laughs> so, do you incorporate block training in some sense? To every client, pretty much. Do you like, or some type of periodization like that? Um, not necessarily. Okay. Um, it's it's hard to apply block periodization when you don't have an end end time. Okay. An end, end point because gotcha. block periodization takes a competitive point in time it, it, it takes it takes your contest mm -hmm. and it works backwards right so that that's how you structure your thing mm -hmm. if you've got a a general fitness per person that there's no deadline yeah there's no deadline there's coming in and doing work but do you do you still break up phases or no or do you just kind of work general I, strength I'll, throughout the whole I go more based on how they feel okay um so um or, that's what I or, call adaptive or, yeah yeah or or on or on what I, I I expect from them. Yeah. It's like okay, we've been pushing hard for five weeks. Um, we've probably adapted to what we've been doing. Um, you know, th things are 
you know, they're still moving the weight, but it looks like it's slowing down a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, um, maybe it's time to back off a little bit, or you know, put in a new stimulus to where we can learn something new. Mm -hmm. And if you just start learning something, you got to go light. So yeah. it, so the the so the the load is a lot less. Your the load system's not working yeah, as hard. It, yeah. So so you know, it's like we'll we'll, we'll do different waves but they're not like hard phases where we're okay. like okay we're doing a GPP phase we're doing an SPP phase we're doing a final preparation phase yeah. it's it's not like that it's because much more softly planned yeah yeah because yeah. we don't have anything to go off of gotcha so just keep the person feeling good yeah and keep the person constantly constantly stimulated but allow adequate restoration okay that's that's the thing but for athletes it's pretty much at that point well, once they're to a point where you definitely know, like, okay, we've we've got a good base. We don't really have to learn as much as we're just trying to increase performance. Then you're, mm -hmm. there's pretty set yeah. phases and schedules to things for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty similar to how I run general fitness. It's like a soft strength and hypertrophy mix. And then mm -hmm. athletes, there's a clear. Now, do you, oh, I'm curious, what, what kind of phases do you do for athletes? Well, right now my my athlete is a is a uh, strong man. Okay. So it's um. Once again, I'm still working off a very small clientele here. So I got you. No worries. Um. Well, the, I guess what would you do ideally too? Yeah. Well, we we started off just learning things. Again, mm -hmm. it, it was all RPE ha has this feel. Um, and then I basically went into you know a uh, five three one right. Mm -hmm. So. I ran five three one for for a while to to get him more work, still kind of lower volume. He could get volume if if he wanted it. Um, getting getting that work on the main lifts, doing a lot of accessories to build up the main lifts and things like that with some 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 conditioning if if we have have time. Um, I think I ran like three or four cycles of that, um, and then. I moved him up into an adaptation of that, which is more specifically for strongman. It's called eight uh, eight five three. Okay. So it's higher volume, mm -hmm. much higher volume, and I actually attenuated it for, for him a little bit. Um, I'm actually running the same program, but okay. he he's doing the same thing that I'm doing minus a set. Okay. So like j just to give you an idea, the the first week of of the program is, um, I'm running with. Um, Deadlift, incline bench, front squat, overhead press. Um, you start off the program at seventy percent of a training max for uh, seven sets of eight. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so he's not doing quite that much volume. He's doing a little bit, bit less. But I started him on that, and I ran him through that for a couple weeks. Okay. And then I dropped off one of the days there, and um, did kind of a event conditioning day where we're learning how to use stones, we're learning how to log clean and press, we're learning about yokes, farmer's walks, um, some event specific work, we're also doing more event specific conditioning there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and that that's holding us through. We still need to get him a show. We're looking at maybe like somewhere in, in the fall, late summer. Okay. Um, and then once we get that, then I'll be able to 
to plan back and it'll be more conjugate style stuff where I'm 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 trying to use main I, I'm I'm trying to use max effort work to potentate what he's gonna do for his dynamic effort um, technical days. Okay. So it's 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 gonna the 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 quote unquote gym work is gonna back off and the event specific skill work is gonna ramp up. Okay. So I go from you know loose structure um, to you know getting some higher intensity with some volume in there um, to, to kind of get him build up some. Then I increase the volume and keep the intensity high. Mm -hmm. And then I start adding more sports-specific work. Okay. So we get a little bit more sp specific. And then for his final preparation, it's going to be about 50% gym, 50% technical. And then to finish him off, it's going to be entirely neuromuscular pre preparation to get him peaked. Mm. Okay. Right on. Mm -hmm. And you would do something similar probably, but the the specific stuff you do will be different, but that approach pretty similar with, with any other athlete yeah. respective to their mm -hmm. sport. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. And so you got to know, you know, what are the common injuries, what are the movement needs, what are the metabolic needs, mm -hmm. what are the neuromuscular needs. Um, you know, it, is it cyclic? Is it acyclic? Um, is it explosive? Is it strength? You know, what are the what are the parameters that that we're working in? Mm -hmm. And then create the profile that the athlete needs based on based on that. And um, Verkashansky has really done a lot to to kind of shape how I think about those things. Um, Super training really is an incredible read. Um, I, I I would recommend it very highly. It's just there's really nothing that I could pick out mm -hmm. that I like about it, but it's it's just his thought process. Yeah, his philosophy he's, of it. He's he's very much he's all about pedagogy. You know the 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 way that you approach teaching and the way that you approach training okay. as as a teaching method and everything is is related. It's a dense book. Oh, I'm sure. All 600 pages of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you thought Anna Karenina was d dense. Wait till you read Verkashansky. Holy <laughs> smokes! But um, yeah, it, it's it's good. And there's a lot of very interesting um, concepts that he talks about, and ha how he defines fitness, and how how to train for it, and how to assess athletes, and things like that. Yeah. It, it, it really is amazing. But so what about you? What do you? How many days a week you train? What I know you said you're prepping for that strongman. Right now, I'm I'm training five days a week. Five days. Um, I have, I'm doing eight five three right now. Okay. So I have my deadlift day, my incline bench day, my front squat day, and my um, and my seated overhead press day. Okay. Keeping it strict, seated, um, and then I have a light event and conditioning day. Um, I'm Wait, so that's so six? That's five. Uh, uh, maybe I read your fingers wrong. I thought you were, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I got you. I kind of have. I saw the thumb on the second hand go out. So it's like, oh, six days. No. I, I have weird hands. But, um, you know, it's, and, and I, I just added in the event and, and conditioning work a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm just trying to keep that fast. I'm doing a lot of, uh, so I'll basically be doing complexes where I do light farmer's walks mm -hmm. with, um, with, sled work 
Okay. So I'm and just keep moving. Yeah, j j just keep on moving. Um, as as I get into my actual preparation, those intensities will go up. Okay. And eventually, I I will back off on my gym work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a balance. You got to go from general to very specific. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, how much of you doing powerlifting as well? You say taking a break. Yeah. From that for a while. So strongman's your main pursuit. Powerlifting's kind more of the yeah. side pursuit yeah. of it. Yeah. More or less. Um. How important, or if at all, is it? Do you think someone who's in strongman to also focus on the powerlifting style of training? It's good um, having, you know, it, it, if you do one thing for long enough, you're going to stagnate. Yeah. So it's good to have different and yet complementary sports that you do, just like, um, just like early specialization with kids. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you get kids who start playing basketball as soon as they can stand up, and by the time they graduate, high school they're sick of it mm -hmm. and by the time they get to the NBA they're always hurt yeah um, the, the same thing can happen in any sport okay but you know if if your primary objective is powerlifting yeah strongman is a lot of fun okay um, if your primary objective is strongman um, you know powerlifting can teach you a lot in terms of periodization in terms of special exercises, just building raw strength, it, it, that style of building raw strength, um, bu building building explosiveness. Because uh -huh. um, a a lot of the uh, the more specialized training comes from Westside Barbell and powerlifting. Okay. And 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 the spinoffs from from the uh, the uh, Westside methods. So you can really, you know, th things things feed off of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's good to, to periodically su switch things. In fact, a lot of times um, at the meat locker, we, when we get done with a uh, with a meet, whether it be powerlifting or or a strongman, we'll do 16 weeks of bodybuilding. Yeah. Where we don't even think about how much weight we're lifting. You're just trying we're, to we're, flush blood in and get we're covered just, and burning and then and then when we can't lift that way anymore we start doing drop sets okay yeah it's freaking horrible but <laughs> but you know it's like it, it's 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 just a different stimulus yeah and it keeps you from uh, stagnating I get you mm -hmm. um, so I'll go back to your uh, week you laid out a little bit so like you, you labeled it you said I have an overhead press day so that day you go in you do your seven sets of eight or whatever mm -hmm. prescribed thing and then do you work accessory work based on that movement or do you work on other things outside of that? What kind of like, or? Based on that, that movement. Okay. Um, every day I usually do some kind of upper back. Okay. Um, it, it might be pull-ups, it might be rows, it might be Felix row, mm -hmm. it might be um, good mornings with a thoracic extension. At the end, those are really nasty, I like those. <laughs> um, you know, I'll I, I've been doing more focused arm work because uh -huh. I have freaking noodle arms and my triceps are holding me back on everything. Um, <laughs> you know, core. Uh, you know, and you know, a, as my training has progressed, I've also done more things um, that are specific to to my main lift. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'll add um, overhead pin presses. Okay. With an axle. Yeah. To, to work on my, on my, on my overhead lockout. Okay. Um, you know, and 
everything that I do, regardless, is always centered around deadlifting and overhead work. Okay. Because in strongman, everything is some kind of deadlift mm -hmm. or some kind of an overhead press. Or combination. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I've stopped back squatting. Be okay. Because the front squat is good for building the upper back for the deadlift. It's mm -hmm. also good for building the rack position on, on your overhead press. Okay. And then, and then so, so at least one of my mains is an accessory to my real main. Gotcha. You know, and, and my incline bench is basically, it, it's a main on incline bench day, but it's, it's an accessory to my overhead press. Okay. So, so it, everything gets gets very sp specific. Yeah. So minus your conditioning day, you have basically like two upper, two lower body main days as far as mm -hmm. the heavy stimulus, um, and then upper back and some kind of core every day and Arms, hitting yeah. hitting the accessories. Yeah. On whatever respective yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah. Like like unilateral stuff. I'm mm -hmm. I'm sucking it up and doing walking lunges now. <laughs> um, and you know my. my 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 volumes are usually I'll usually go like four sets of ten to fifteen. Okay. For for most of my accessories I'll have like I'll have like five to six accessories. Yeah. That I'll do for my main lifts and that's that's after my my main lift. Okay. Which I'm right now my main lifts th this week I'm I'm hitting um four sets of five at uh ninety percent of my training max, which my training max is my top triple or 90% of my true max. Yeah. So that's how that's that's defined. That kind of gives a bit of a buffer between, you know, balls to the wall and what I can do on do on any any given day. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, yeah. So it, it's it's a lot of work, but you know, strongman. Strongman has enough, you know, rep out kind of stuff. It's like, okay, you've got a minute to do as many reps as, as you can. There's enough of oh, that yeah. to where you need that volume work. So really, my my mains are also conditioning. Okay. For me, that that's kind of what they do. Yeah. Um, and you know, even even bodybuilding, that's a hell of a conditioning workout. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's freaking brutal. It's like we were in there, we were doing. Um, back squats and back squats were actually like the second or third exercise okay a after after two supersets yeah before that it's the third like fatigue states the third yeah. exercise and see the way we were doing it was we were doing sets of 20 we did a set of 20 a set of 15 a set of 12 and a set of 10 mm -hmm. and the, that set of 20 we did with 135 pounds yeah, on the bar, and I mean, by the time you get to the end of it, and you're big, strong guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm a. You can squat what? Five eighty. Yeah, so one thirty-five percentage-wise, not and, a lot, and, and but it's like, still crumbling. Oh my gosh! And then of course, <laughs> and then of course, you get to that last set of eight, and you might have maybe three plates that you're struggling to get up. Yeah. And then you lock it out, rack it, peel off the plate, do more. Jeez. Peel off the plate again, do more. So, by the time you get back down to one thirty-five, I mean, I, I was like, 
freaking Bambi up here. <laughs> 135 get, getting crushed. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. That sounds like tough stuff, but sounds like fun stuff. It's part of my soul left me. Yeah. So what, uh, where do you see yourself going from here? What are kind of your goals, if, if any, with that, with, with your training business and you personally strong man-wise? Well, um, if, uh, if Nationals comes back uh, local, I'd like yeah. to do that. I, I was at Nationals, I think, a year or two ago. I don't know what it was now. Um, could do a lot better. Um, okay. I, I definitely know more about training now, uh, so I think I'd, I'd be better prepared for it. But at the very least, I just want to, you know, um, compete you know, on that stage. Compete on that sta- sta- stage again. You know, I'm still chasing that damn 400-pound bench and 600-pound yeah. squat. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I, on, on the business end, I want to grow my business um, and uh, have it so that's the only thing I'm doing now. Right on. That's more like yeah. full time. Yep. Good and go. uh, just continue to, to impact lives, make people stronger. Well, right on, brother. Um, yeah. Why don't you uh, tell people where to find you on any social media or website or anything? Uh, I can be found on uh, Instagram at uh, Semperfy Strong. And uh, the um, gym that I'm at is Rob Polis Labs in Milford. Uh, you can uh, hit me up on social media or come by the gym. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you started and get you stronger. Like, yeah, that's what I like to hear. And those of you know how to find me at Adaptive Training Principles, operating out of uh, Paramount Fitness. Tristan, thanks for coming in today and sitting down with me. Uh, Jake, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely.